Seven. What's the craziest thing you feel like you've ever done? Like, an example, like skydiving or, you oh, know. like the most thrill-seeking thing I've ever done? Yeah, that's the word. There you go. Thank you. That's why That's why you're, I keep you around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I've done a bunch of dumb shit. Like, I'm from the jackass generation, right? Oh, yeah, we both are. Yeah. Yeah. I just mean that to say, like, to give listeners if they don't know how old I am, I'm 31, and I grew up with a bunch of dumb, like, high teenage friends who liked to all get stoned. All own skateboards. Yeah, <laughs> who all own skateboards and all, like, like jumping off of roofs and shit. But, I don't know, I, I used to be very outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've gone whitewater rafting. He's outdoorsy. Yeah, you know, like, I've, I mean, I've gone, I, I've done stuff that I wouldn't recommend other people do. Like, I've gone spelunking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I we refuse to jump out of a moving plane. Just fuck that shit. Uh, yeah, you will I never catch no me interest. skydiving. I, have no interest. <laughs> I don't mind flying. I cannot even fathom the idea of going out in a parachute. Yeah, just fuck that. Unless I have to, mm-hmm. you're not gonna catch me doing it. Um, but yeah, like I've bombed hills on skateboards. I've done street luge. I've spelunked. Um, I've gone out with one friend and a backpack between the two of us. Mm-hmm. and camped for a few days just like you know that show alone that i love mm-hmm. i've done that just for a couple days like that's not the brightest idea in the world mm-hmm. um cliff jumping um wow your list just goes on and on huh? <laughs> i've done a bunch of I've done, I've done a bunch of shit that i wouldn't recommend yeah right uh riding on the side of a pedicab wait oh okay i had to Remember what a pedicab is. Yeah, uh, okay. that was a wild one. I have a huge scar from that, actually, because mm. uh, I almost died. <laughs> oh. Yikes. There were like nine of us. We were all out drunk in downtown Nashville and doing karaoke, and we were going to a second location. And instead of walking the couple blocks down the hill, my friends decided to uh, take up this Vanderbilt law student who was admittedly very high mm-hmm. on blow, and he bombed the hill. Mm-hmm. And I was on the holding onto the side of it, and it burned through my jeans. The wheel, like I slipped, and I the wheel burned through my jeans and into my thigh, uh, calf. And then uh, a friend had to a friend's boyfriend who I just met that night grabbed my shirt and held me on uh, when I almost hit my head on the uh, the curb. Oh God! <laughs> okay, wow. I was not expecting that long of a, uh, a response to that question. Wow. Uh, but depression, you, know, you have to get your serotonin somehow. But you know, I... <laughs> this is pre-med Stouffer, you know? <laughs> I'm much calmer these days. I learn something new about my partner every day. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, speaking of spelunking, that has something to do with the movie we're covering sure today. Does. Huh. What movie could that be? Uh, hey, Babe? Yeah, Babe. Remember that time we watched The Descent? Do you remember the 2005 British adventure horror film by Neil Marshall? That's the one. I know. I do remember it indeed. I know everything. <laughs> All right, the weekend. <laughs> I'm Nicole. I am Topher. And we're the Horror Babes. And we're talking correct. about The Descent today. My, also correct. My cousin actually texted me about this movie after she uh, watched it. So if my cousin Paige is listening to this, you you lit the fire under me to actually cover this. Because we've... we've mentioned it several times yeah we really thought we had covered this already it it kind of felt like we did but we've we've um referenced it a lot and compared other movies to it in certain contexts and it's really fun to actually be covering it now and just getting all of our feelings out about it (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing the uh, new, or not new form. What am I saying? You're not doing I'm well. I'm not doing well. I just did really well for an hour in there. That's why I'm tongue-tied you now. You used it all, yeah. Yeah, I used it all up. We'll be following the normal format today. Just in case this is your first time here, that means Topher will take us through who made this thing, shout out the cast and the crew, and then I'll take us through the plot. And then in our third segment, we will discuss said plot and go into a deeper analysis. So Topher, who made this thing? Me. Wait, no. In 2005? Impressive. Yeah. How old were you in 2005? You were in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. I'm very good at what I do. Amazing. Again, learn new things every day. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, this was written and directed by Neil Marshall. Before this, he had done Dog Soldiers. Are you familiar with that one at all? I am not. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't seen it in a really long time. It came out in 02, so I was pretty young when it came out. It's an interesting one because it's a bunch of uh, British soldiers. So, again, six people, but it's six dudes who are supposed to go uh, way up into the highlands to do a training exercise. And then uh, the th- everything goes wrong um, and there's werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool, but it's weird. Um, anyway, so he did this movie and was worried that he was going to get p- uh, pigeonholed as a horror director and he didn't want that which is weird because he's good at it right um but once he came up with the idea he was like oh you know what this is actually really good yeah especially because it was a pitch to him like there was a spec basically Mm -hmm. that they were or like an idea that the studio wanted and they wanted to bring him on for it yeah and it was supposed to be uh like we talked about with final destination it was supposed to be a mixed group of adults Mm. who just like uh, like men and women who just sort of like randomly know each other mm-hmm. going into the cave. And he's like, no, nah, that sucks. And then a friend of his, a, a woman who he's worked with a few times was like, you know, there's never an all female cast of a horror film. There's yeah. never all women as the leads. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, okay. Awesome. Right. Which is why he decided to do that. Um, Which is great. Yeah. And he, he was truly, he was like, women are not represented well in horror. I'm going to do my best. Really? They're not? (laughs) Yeah, I know. News to you, right? News to me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's what made him decide to do it because he was like, oh, this will be completely different because the women actually discuss how they feel about the situation, Mm -hmm. which all of the soldiers and dog shoulders soldiers would never have done. Mm. That's a yeah. He said that um, in an interview in the in the Irish Times. So he he was like, yeah, no, like I wanted to have characters who actually discussed their issues and what's going on. Yeah. And, like, we're clever about the situation as opposed to, you know. <laughs> well, and I, one thing that I, I do really appreciate that none of these women in this movie are damseled at any time. No. Like, the, the amount of just initiative that each one shows at least at one point where they're like, yep, this is just what we have to do. Yeah. And they just. They solve do the problem it. as quickly as they can. And then they, the small problem of, uh, they solve the small problem as quickly as they can, and then they try to solve the bigger problem by solving that smaller problem. It's, it's nice. It's good. Yeah. Everybody's capable, physically capable. Yeah. Knowing it's damseled. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have them all be, you know, uh, adrenaline junkies. Yeah. So that they, you have that established that they're very physically capable, fit people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. That's kind of the background on it. And yeah, I, I haven't seen much of him after this. He did do... Uh, two of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. Oh. Blackwater. The huge oh. ship battle in the bay. Oh. And the Watchers on the Wall. 
both oh, very good yeah. episodes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Aside from the red wedding, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And purple wedding. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. great episodes. I mean, there's basically so many up seasons. through season seven. It's good, and then season eight's. We'll just forget about that. <laughs> I like. I like to personally just forget about the last season because I had so much fun watching up until then. I'm like. I'm like that's where it's just gonna live in my memory. Yeah, and just, it's seven we'll seasons. It it's there. like there's only two Godfather movies, not a th- not an eight or a third. <laughs> not an eight. <laughs> yeah, not a third. Um, beyond that, he did the the Hellboy remake with a uh, uh, Big Daddy from the the Zaddy from Stranger Things. Oh, the the cop. David Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. Or the is he? He's yeah, a he's cop, yeah right? he's cop. He's yeah. Cop. Yeah. And he's got a new one coming out. It's filming right now called The Lair that I'm very excited for. He's, it's his return to the horror genre. Hmm. Yeah, it's called The Lair. Uh, it's like uh, there's the, the byline is Royal Air Force pilot Lieutenant Kate Sinclair shot down over Afghanistan. Yee. Uh, where <laughs> she finds refuge in an abandoned underground bunker yeah. where deadly man-made biological weapons, half human, half alien, are awakened. So it's going to be a, more of a return to the action horror for him. Okay. Which I'm excited for. I'll watch it for sure. Yeah. It stars, so we have uh, six women are as our main cast here, and really not anyone else. Yeah. Um, I mean, that get, happens when you get into a movie where people get stuck somewhere, right? Yeah, I you love it. I love a small cast, you yeah. know? So we have Shauna McDonald as Sarah, our protagonist. Mm-hmm. Natalie Mendoza as Juno, and Alex Reed as Beth. That's sort of our trio of best friends. Mm-hmm. We also have Saskia Mulder as Rebecca... Uh, Mayana or Miana Bjoring as Sam and Nora Jane Noon as Holly. Yes. That to round out our six. Uh, we get no moments with him, but he is credited. Sarah's late husband, Paul, is played by Oliver Milburn. That's our cast. Everyone else is a crawler. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is CGI. <laughs> um, the music was from David Julian with a Y. Ooh. Oh, changing it up. Okay. We yeah. Love. He's also done some fantastic composing. Uh, he did Cabin in the Woods, Prestige. That's probably the ones you know the best um, from him. Mm-hmm. But I really, like, he did a great job on this. He also did Memento. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Our cinematographer was uh, Sam McCurdy. Did you just say cinematographer? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> I think you did because the name is McCurdy. McCurdy. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's now selling. Cinematographers. <laughs> I'm sorry. God damn it. That's too funny. Uh, so our cinematographer is Sam McCurdy. Uh, he also shot that episode, Blackwater, of Game of Thrones. He's done a couple of Mons um, documentaries as well. Okay. He did that. Uh, he did a few episodes. Do you remember that show Merlin? About Maybe? teenage Merlin and sexy young Arthur, and it's bad. I mean, I feel like the, I mean, I don't know, because the name is a little general. It was like a BBC sure. or like FX show. I'm sure I've like seen the title or something. Yeah, it's like, know. it's like your, your teens wolf and your, uh, your, your Riversdale. Your Riversdale. Okay. Yeah. I, I've decided it's a new bit that I'm doing in my li- actual life that everything is, everything is plural. Like the plural of everything is like attorneys general. That's very uh, new girl of you. Is that? She calls basketball baskets ball because there are two baskets. Oh, I approve of that choice. And uh, our good buddy, Matt, former guest of the pod, Matt Reich. Yeah. Uh, who we know listens as well. What's up, buddy? Um, <laughs> he is insistent on calling them R's B-I because it's runs batted in. Amazing. 
I love it. I love it. <laughs> so yeah. Anyhow, um, our editing was done by John Harris, who actually directed the sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he I edited. I have not seen the sequel. Have you? I did. It's fine. This seems like a tough thing to have a sequel for. Like it kind of has a very finite. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, t- spoilers for the descent too. They bring Juno back. Oh. Okay. So she survives. Sarah has amnesia. It's a cool retread of the original with different ways of doing it, but it's, they definitely the studio was like, no, but we want men and women in the cast now. Okay, sure. um, it it's fine. It's yeah. just it's not great, but it's okay. I'll definitely you know watch it out of curiosity, but yeah, I just haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah, but he is a fantastic editor on this. Um, he also did T two, the sequel to Train Spotting. Oh, nice. Um, and 127 hours would probably be the ones you know him the best for. Yeah. So yeah, the creatures are crawlers, I should say. They were designed by Paul Hyatt. Mm. Yeah, and the uh, the visual effects were done by Mats and Miniatures. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and then the last one is uh, production designer was some, uh, Simon Bowles. Who, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of great production design on this, for sure. It's something I think it's really, yeah. Definitely. Would Stoked agree. on it. Um, but that's really all I have to say other than it was shot for about three and a half million pounds, which in 2005, I guess, or 2004, uh, would be about $7 million. Was this in, it went to theaters? It was in Oh, theaters? totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't, it didn't come out until 06 here. Okay. Okay. Which is why I, it was released in uh, 05 in the UK. Because I'm thinking like, I mean, I was in high school at the time where, you know, that's, that's probably when I saw the most movies in a movie theater, and I just don't remember this at all. Right. You know, like, I don't remember an ad for it. I don't remember any trailers for it. It didn't get a ton of distribution here, I want to uh-huh. say. It did really, I mean, it did $57 million against that budget, so mm-hmm. it did well. Um, but it was uh, originally released at the Dead by Dawn Festival in Edinburgh. Dead by Dawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, their, uh, Dead by Dawn is one that I really want to submit to at some point. Um, great festival. Dead by Dawn. Who needs sound effects? I can just do it all myself. Um, yeah, <laughs> you sure can. But yeah, uh, the runtime's a hundred minutes. It's it's pretty nice and tight. Yes, um, definitely could shave some things or readjust that hundred minutes. But uh, we'll talk about that later. But before we do that, you want to give me some uh, plot? Let's do it. Sweet. Okay. What happens? Tell me all about it, stud. So we've got some besties. They're thrill-seeking <laughs> besties. Um, they're whitewater rafting together. And then, um, after Sarah, along with her husband, Pole, Pole. <laughs> I think you should leave fans hey. out there and uh, their daughter, Jessica, the steering wheel uh, flies off. God, this is too much. This is too much. Um, they're involved in a car accident, uh, because Paul is distracted. Paul and Jessica are killed, but Sarah is the one that survives. So, yes. so she is widowed and de-childed. Yes. So your typical like kind of horror opening where you get like a, a little bit of context of mm-hmm. something. You don't really know how it's going to tie in yet. But then we go one year later. We've got Sarah, Juno, and Beth. And then we've got the, uh, their friends Sam, Rebecca, and I guess a newcomer, Holly, to the friend group. I don't know. Yeah, she knows Juno somehow. But not like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So they're reunited. I guess they haven't seen each other in a long time. Uh, They're at a cabin in the mountains of North Carolina for a little spelunking adventure. Uh, The next day, they go up to a mountain cave entrance and they, guess what, descend 
Um, the descent. Ha ha. <laughs> um, they're in the cave. Juno is apologizing to Sarah for not being there for her after um, the big accident happened. But Sarah's kind of like not really emotionally available for to accept the apology and all of that. So she's a little distant. So after the group. She's not in a headspace to receive that kind of information. Exactly. So fuck off, Juno. <laughs> um, so then the group moves through a narrow passage. It collapses behind them, trapping them. My biggest fucking fear. You you could not pay me to go spelunking. So this movie is just the premise of it in general. It's just already... Two movies in a row. Yeah, yeah. The blood is just... Boi- not boiling. <laughs> the blood pressure is high. The uh, heart rate is through the roof already for me. <laughs> so they're trapped. Yes, this is correct. I'm just like, I've seen Floyd Collins, the musical. I've read about Floyd oh, Collins. Yeah. He got like trapped down there. They were looking for him. He died of hypothermia, thirst, and hunger. Like, no, thank you. No, thank you. It's like whenever, when, whenever anybody goes spelunking, all you hear about is like the things collapsing. And I get that it doesn't happen all the time. But like, you, it's only reported because it's a tragedy. But still, the fact that there are tragedies like that, I am very claustrophobic. No, thank you. Yeah, no, so. you don't even like blankets, let alone being underground. I really don't. I really don't like any tight enclosed spaces. Those tunnels as a kid, you couldn't catch me dead in there. So they have a heated discussion because like, you know, tensions are high, as you would imagine. Uh, Juno admits that she has led the group into an unknown cave system. Stupid. When she said that they were going to go to a fully explored cave system that would be, you know, planned out, safe. They have a map, like... Yeah. And so what does that mean? Dun, dun, dun. Rescue is impossible. Mm -hmm. People don't know how to access you. They don't even know that you're in there, right? Yeah. So, because the thing is, is that's what you do when you leave. You tell people where you're going, give them a location so that if you don't show up when you're supposed to be back, they can find you. And if none of this was chaotic enough, her reasoning for doing all of this mess and putting everyone's lives in danger, basically, is that she wanted this adventure to restore her and Sarah's relationship because she wanted, she was like, we could get this like named after us, blah, blah, blah. If we like discover it and stuff. And I'm like, ma'am, are you are not okay. That is not an okay position to put people you care about in. It is technically a sweet gesture. No, I don't. (laughs) I, I think that she I think it's a narcissistic gesture. It is. I get where she's coming from. I I personally do not, but that is okay. Um, (laughs) So the group presses on, and they're hoping to find an exit. They're trying, they're trying, they're trying. They find um, some climbing equipment uh, that's That's just been left. It's really old. It is not from REI. (laughs) 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 They did not go to Soho. To the big location. Okay. Down on Houston. Down on Houston. And they also find a cave painting that shows that another exit should exist. Right. So Holly thinks she sees sunlight. She runs ahead. Guess what happens to the person that runs ahead in every horror film, no matter what setting you're in? She falls Fall down, down a, a hole and breaks her leg. 
That really is a trope that I haven't thought about. Yes. The first person that runs off because they're like a little too ecstatic about thinking that they found something or like an escape. It's always a trap. Unless it's Tucker and Dale and then you end up in a wood chipper. Yeah. But like same idea. You yeah. run off, you die. <clears throat> His legs stayed intact though. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the others are trying to help Holly, uh, but Sarah wanders off and sees like this, they call it like a humanoid creature, which is pretty, it looks like straight up Bat yeah. Boy. looks yeah. like Bat Boy from the, um, the old, like the newspaper. They are having a doozy of a day. A doozy of a day. We are not turning this into Tucker and Dale. Watch me. You know, we could. We could. I love that movie. Oh, real quick. The thing with Holly is stupid because she runs ahead. It's also stupid because underground there is a certain gas called phosphorus. Guess what phosphorus is? A luminescent. That's why we call it phosphorescence, right? Yeah. It lights up and you don't run towards light because if you are an experienced cave diver or spelunker or what have you, uh, you know that sunlight is not going to be right the fuck there. And you remember yeah. that phosphorus is a thing. And Sorry. good on them, though, for not creating a plot hole here because we know that Holly is the newcomer. Yes. So maybe she's like, she doesn't know that. She's the youngest. She's yeah. the she's the one who like, uh, she like is the one who goes like super fast down the rappelling mm-hmm. rope. Yeah. Into the cave. So she's, she's a really, little too eager. Yeah. But yeah, so like good on them because that easily could have turned into like a plot hole where we're all like, wait. Why is she so why? dumb? And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. because she's 19. Yeah, and she's just, she's new to this, it seems. Yeah. Um, but this humanoid creature is drinking at a pool and then scampers away. So it's... <laughs> I love the word scamper. And <laughs> It's like, yikes, okay. And then uh, later the group comes across a den of animal bones, which we love to see. <laughs> yeah, fucking terrifying. We just love a sea of animal sea of bones. bones. <laughs> Bones. Um, That's their money. The bones are their money, but so are the worms. The worms. Yeah. Spooky. People are gonna think we've had a stroke if they haven't seen. I think you should leave. <laughs> but fair enough. You feel like you've had a stroke when you watch. I think you should leave. So um, uh, it's on Netflix. It's fantastic. I'm gonna watch it right after this. Um. So anyway, the animal bones, and then they are attacked. Their money. Yes. Their money. Yes. Yes. They're rich. They're rich. Oh, my God. But then they're suddenly attacked by a creature that is, I guess is known as a crawler. Yeah, they call them crawlers. Call them and the, the, crawlers. that was the, the design team called them. Yeah. Holly is killed uh, because the crawler attacks and bites her through the throat. Full on decapitation. It's Sick. dope. It's a good death. Yeah. And then Sarah runs and falls down a hole. Everyone's just falling down fucking holes. Um, <laughs> it is a cave. There are lots of holes. True. It's like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> and she's knocked unconscious. And then we've got Juno, who is trying to fight the crawler from taking Holly's body away. It's like this movie just like, it, is, it goes, it just happens. Like yeah. it goes from zero to 10 right out of the gate. And it's, it's great. I love that type mm-hmm. of movie personally. Um, I think it's really fun. Anyway, she ends up killing a crawler with her pickaxe, but then she accidentally strikes Beth through the neck. Ugh. This is, this is honestly one of my favorite moments because it's, it's like a, 
what I would like to call like a guttural jump scare where it's yeah. more of an emotional jump scare mm-hmm. as opposed to like a sound or a really quick, you know, um, boo moment. It's more yeah. of like a... <gasps> It's just a perfect reverse. Yeah, like, did she just, did that just happen? And then you just see the shock in both of their faces of, like, oh, my, like, it's it's such a slow, like, processing moment. It's great. It's awesome. So then. Yeah, I mean, Beth did sneak up on her. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't smart, but I also think that this is truly, like, back to, like, how we kind of secretly feel like like our mind thinks that we know how we'll die. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's all based on fear. It's nothing's based on reality. But like everyone, everyone that I've ever lived with says that I'm just like very quiet. Like I, oh, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't walk very loudly and I don't like, I don't know. I, I just don't do things very loudly. Mm-hmm. And so this is why I feel like if I were in the situation in this movie, I would unfortunately be Beth. Like, I would be the idiot that walked up behind someone thinking they knew. Yeah. You know, like, not thinking that they are in kill mode (laughs) because it's fight or flight. But anyway, Beth collapses. And here's an important part. Juno's pendant is in her hand and begs Juno not to leave her. But a traumatized Juno flees. Yeah, Juno's freaked out. And she's just like, fuck, oh, shit, I killed my best friend. Oh, God. Um... Oh, and with her gurgling with the Whoa. yeah it's so good it's great um it's so great. back I'm to not, the plot <laughs> i'm not sick to my stomach at all um sarah. sarah wakes up to find herself in um <laughs> a den which kind of makes it sound cozy but it it's definitely not because it's filled it's with because you're not a crawler i guess so don't I judge other people's lives that's true i really shouldn't judge people's habitats but anyway bastard it's filled with human and animal carcasses. Casual. Nice. More yeah. bones. They're rich. It's the next farmhouse style. <laughs> it's bone chic. Mid-century modern. It's just like... So do missionary you, and quiet and Do no you want your control? house to be at like bare bones? <laughs> Gross. Gross. Anyway, she's witnessing Holly's body being mauled and eaten by crawlers. We love a dinner love, moment. Love that journey. No, we don't. Um, yikes. <laughs> Look, she's already dead, you know? Like, what's the problem? Yeah, I guess so. You have a point. Marceline, you're allowed to eat me when I die. That's a lot of people's fear. Um, <laughs> they're cat eating eaten them. Eaten by cats. <laughs> They'll go for the eyeballs first. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Juno... It's, <laughs> it's, it's so like gross. me and a fish. I love fish eyes. Oh, okay. Um, Juno discovers cave markings from uh, previous explorers that point to a specific path through the cave. So we're getting a little more information. We know that like multiple people have been down here before. Yeah, we're getting more and more like evidence. Yeah. But there is no evidence of anyone actually surviving. Uh, So it's not looking great. Uh, But this movie does do a really good job of oscillating between like there's hope, there's not hope. There's hope yeah. someone dies, you know? So Juno finds Sam and Rebecca. Sam says that the crawlers are blind and they rely on sound to hunt, which mm-hmm. is a really smart deduction it's really here. clever, yeah. That's really, yeah. Well, because one stares right at her and she stays quiet and that's and how it, she figures it out and it's really great. Yeah, so they kind of, uh, they're kind of uh, comparing them to bats at this point, like using echolocation yeah. to, yeah. So... 
Juno tells them about the markings, but she's like, I'm not leaving without Sarah. Totally. Which she's harping on Sarah, harping on Sarah this whole time. Well, she's and... already killed one of her besties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in the meantime, Sarah encounters Beth, who tells her that Juno wounded and then abandoned her. Yeah. So Beth gives her Juno's pendant, which Sarah, this is the important part, guys, Sarah recognizes as a gift from Paul and realizes that Juno and Paul had an affair before his death. Yo. Stinky boy, Paul. Paul. We're getting we're getting into the uh the complexities of this <laughs> dynamic now. Um so Beth begs Sarah to euthanize her. It's like just She wants just, a little mercy killing, yeah. Just just kill me, please. And then Sarah's like, I really don't wanna, but I guess if you <laughs> insist, I will. <laughs> so she bashes her you head in killed my best friend. <laughs> so she bashes her head in with a rock. Cute. And Sarah then encounters several crawlers and manages to kill them all. Like, go Sarah, okay. Shit. Just like yeah. Uh, but then Little, she... like, a, a underworld moment? Definitely. And especially this next part. This, I I love this part. It's one of the best shots. It's one of the most iconic shots from this. Yes. If it's not amazing. the most. So she falls into a blood-filled pond and emerges, like, just covered in blood, looking like like Mia from the Evil Dad remake, looking like Carrie mm-hmm. from Carrie, looking, like, at the prom, like, looking just... In all of your horror glory, like yeah, we, I, we she is serving. Yes, I love it. So um, iconic, one would say. <laughs> so elsewhere in the cave, like somewhere else in in their own quarters, in their own quadrant, Juno, Sam, and Rebecca are pursued by a large group of crawlers. Like, how many motherfuckers are in here? Do, they obviously have to procreate. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, we see a mother and child as well. Yeah. Um, they reach a chasm. And it's the same one they were climbing before. Yeah. And Sam tries to climb across, but a crawler scaling the ceiling attacks and rips her throat out. Yeah, that that part where they reach the chasm first and they have to like go across is kind of what I'm talking about, like with them just being like, okay, we have a situation, we're gonna figure yeah. it out, and someone just steps up and does it. You oh, know, maybe it's not the one from before, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice it's a nice return plot wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. Her it rips her throat out. Sam They love throats. I guess they do. Sam stabs it before bleeding to death in front of Juno and Rebecca. And hanging from the ceiling. Ugh. That scene is so good because you get the blood drip down from her. Yeah. But she's attached by the rope at her waist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we've got Rebecca who's dragged away and eaten alive as Juno escapes. Yeah, Juno's really like, deuces, Rebecca. I'm going to get myself out of here. Fucking Juno. So then Juno encounters Sarah and lies to her about seeing Beth die. Oops. Oopsie, slipped my mind. (laughs) Um, After defeating a group of crawlers close to the exit, Sarah confronts Juno, revealing the pendant and her knowledge of Beth's fate and the affair with Paul. So then Sarah strikes Juno in the leg with a pickaxe and leaves her to die as a swarm of crawlers approaches. Juno is last heard screaming as Sarah escapes. Sarah falls down a hole and is knocked unconscious. This bitch be falling down holes. Just, just be falling down. And I, and I want to point out while we're at this point in the plot, I think it's interesting that 
like a decision was made here. And I love this part of writing when you write a character that a very specific decision was made Mm -hmm. because that's what we all, that's why we watch movies to a certain extent. That's That's why why we engage in fiction. Exactly. That's why we go and see stage shows. You want to see someone figuring something out Mm -hmm. and you want to see the decision that they make and speculate maybe why they made that decision or I don't know. I'm also yeah. a nerd, but you know what I mean? We, we go, that's the drama of it, right? Our, yeah. we, we are all faced with decisions and why did this character make this decision? So she has the, the, the pickaxe. She could, she know, she could have nailed her in the head. She could have nailed her in a, like a major artery she somewhere. Could she could quick. have killed her very quickly, but what she ends up doing is getting her in the back of the knee, mm-hmm. rendering her a little bit useless ag- or useless against um, the crawlers, so she has to die a slow and painful death. Yeah, she wants her to suffer. She also gives her an out because she gives her the pickaxe, and we see Juno exactly. pull the pickaxe out. Exactly. So that's what's so interesting about this is I think what it is is Sarah did not want that, um, for lack of a better word, like blood on her hands. She wanted kind of nature to take its course like kind of yeah. like i like i'm not gonna kill you but i'm not gonna make it I'm easy not gonna on make you to survive it easy. yeah it's so cool i love yeah. this decision it's a really awesome one so we've got a u.s ending and a uk ending i'm just gonna so they shaved a minute off of the u.s release yeah i'm just gonna go through i guess both of them and just just in case depending on who's seen what yeah um so the u.s ending is sarah wakes up she sees sunlight and it's like, holy shit, and just clamors up covered in bones and escapes the cave. She runs to the car. She speeds out of the woods, pulls over to the side of the road, breaking down in tears. Who wouldn't? Oh, my God. The trauma. Yeah. Oof. A truck passes her. She just, like, PTSD straight up vomits out the window. Yep. Like, can't deal with we're like oh, I don't yeah. with the truck jump scare too which is really yeah. good. Yeah. It's like I don't know how she's going to acclimate back into society even though this was only over a span of less than 24 hours that this happened. <laughs> yeah. Like it's crazy. So she sits up, she sees a hallucination of Juno who's all like bloody sitting next to her and screams. So that is the US ending. That's cut to credits, yeah. Cut to credits. The UK ending is following the events of the US ending. Sarah awakens in the cave after hallucinating her escape. Right. She sits up to see Jessica sitting across from her holding a birthday cake. Yeah, her little girl. Yeah. As Sarah smiles, the shot widens to reveal that the cake's birthday uh, candlelight is, is actually the light of her torch. The camera slowly backs out as the crawlers are heard closing in on Sarah, revealing that she is still trapped in the cave. Both very interesting and yeah. and cliffhangery endings. Right. That I, yeah, I don't think that I like one better than the other. Honestly, I think that they're both quite interesting. Yeah, I don't need the UK one. I mean, it was cut because people were like, "This is way too fucking bleak for U.S. audiences," right? Yes, yes, I think that's what it is. Yeah, um, that's literally what it was. Also, I love the reference to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's what the truck is. Oh yeah, yeah. Because she escapes, but has she really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of, like, mentally speaking. I That's like the point. U.S. ending a little bit more. I don't need mm-hmm. the multiple. I think I've seen both endings, and I've seen it through with both endings. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that 
you know I don't love a false ending unless it's really well done. This is really well done, but I don't like it. You know, mm. it just doesn't it doesn't land for me. Hmm. I think it's I, I think with the UK one, I mean, yeah. I think it's definitely interesting because it leaves you with more questions than you came in with, but yes, I don't know. I'm kind of, normally I have a more polarized um, feeling about, Mm -hmm. about the like alternate endings, but this one, I honestly am kind of like, yeah, they both kind of work for me. I don't know. Yeah. That's not, that's not normal for me, but I, I, I like them both. Yeah. There. Fucking yeah, this so movie. That's, uh, yeah, no, it's great. And and I, we definitely, I, I want to talk about this kind of like sub-sub genre in horror where we see it in The Thing. Yep. We see it in An Arctic Journal. We've covered both of them. You can go back into our archive and listen to them as and well. And we love both of them. Yes. And we've got this We one. haven't covered Deliverance, but Deliverance is similar as well. True, very true. So this whole thing where where um, a group of people go out into basically the elements that people don't really reside in, but right. they go for a job or just a specific purpose, and then shit just starts going off the chart, like just wild. Um, yeah. Shit starts just like popping off. And these movies are great because they play on our fear as humans of the unknown. Yeah, totally. And it can take, it can always take like a fantastical turn, right? Because we don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 so there's a thing that happens when you're stuck in a dark place. Um, It's sensory deprivation. And claustrophobia. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It it fucks with your head. Mm -hmm. So this, specifically this film, right? Like not, we can talk about how it relates to the, I'll talk about how it relates to the others, but specifically with this. What happens when you are you you hallucinate and mm. you see things and you you fuck up because mm. your brain is trying to make sense of information mm. and you get your so it makes things up right that's what hallucinations are generally speaking I'm not a I'm not a psych I'm not a I'm not a neuroscientist I'm not a psychologist but like mm-hmm. generally from what I understand hallucinations are your brain making sense of information the wrong way mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're getting information like that. It's true that there is input, but the output that you understand it to be is incorrect. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens here is that your brain's just trying to take in information and make sense of it any way it can. Yeah. Um, so it happens when you're super tired. It happens when you're sensory deprived. Mm-hmm. So looking at like Antarctic Journal, one of the great things about that movie is we don't know if there's a real evil or if they're just going fucking crazy. Yeah, and that's kind of what I want this movie to be, mm-hmm. which actually kind of leads us into a point that we've made about this movie several times. Yeah. Of me being, Nicole, don't show, show the monster. Break out the bingo card. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, this is the movie that kind of made me coin that term for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think this movie is so well done and so successful until we actually see the crawlers. Yeah, I like that they exist. I don't need them. Yeah, I think they should exist. I just don't... I don't need to see them that much is what I mean to say. Because the great part about movies like Antarctic Journal is exactly what you just said. We kind of are fighting as viewers between is any of this even real? Yeah. Or are they like... This movie would have been maybe more effective to me if it was a bunch of accidental kills between a lot of the girls or or just like accidental kills between people like being afraid of something 
that we don't necessarily see. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, they 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 fall. Like, you know, you, you can get a little more creative with it, you I think. You mean, like, uh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If, that, if that's now the movie that we're referencing... Where it's like replacing this one, um, <laughs> then yes, I do. I do mean that. But yeah, I, I, I just think it would have been a little more effective if they had done something like that. Like if we had been sitting there questioning whether any of this was real. Right. It's. I don't know. It's hard because. This is a good version of it, of using the monsters. I just don't like how much they use the monsters. Yeah. But there's a worse version of this movie, and it's called The Cave. Oh, I have... It's the exact same same premise. Okay. Or a very, very similar premise. I did see it way back. I saw it before I saw this, I think. I'm trying to remember when I saw it. But it was around the same time, because it came out around the same time. Okay. So it had started shooting six months before the descent had Mm -hmm. but the creatures are way worse yeah and i mean i i do like you know the idea of Mm -hmm. the creatures in this for sure i like you know i just just want them to be less lit yeah yeah again i want to be clear i I love this movie sorry but i i just think that it gets a little bit lazy in the storytelling because it's relying on the kills coming from the creatures that's fair yeah, I could think that having Beth be the only accidental death, and it doesn't even kill her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it will, but she'll get eaten or whatever. But yeah, I would have liked it to take longer or just not have the creatures at all. That's the thing. Is it like mm-hmm. you could do this as a horror? F- you could do the thing, but underground. Definitely. Or uh, what do I always call the thing? Twelve Angry Men, but uh, <laughs> but there's a but there's an alien. Yeah. This could be Twelve Angry Men, but there is no alien. Yeah, and then you would get into you would get into this idea, which is always one of my favorite kind of horror storylines or tropes or whatever. Is it it coincides with the idea of the audience thinking, "Is this even real? Is this yeah. it, you? You're kind of like, is the monster actually you and your own issues? Because they because they kind of they start to tell us more about." Um, context of these uh, women's different relationships, but we don't really delve into that any any more than we than the uh, cheating and the you know with with her husband that passed away and stuff. But I don't know. I think it just would kind of add an extra layer of the audience trying to figure it out, which. Yeah. Might not be some people's cup of tea, but for me, it definitely is. I love leaving with questions and discussion mm-hmm. points. I mean, obviously, that's why I'm sitting here today, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Again, to be clear, I love this movie. Just think it could have gone a different direction. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, I, I, I. Here's why I don't need the creatures. You can do all of these deaths without them. Mm-hmm. Holly doesn't die when she breaks her leg, but say there's a cave-in, another cave-in or something like that, or mm-hmm. she slips because of her broken leg and falls and is unable to be recovered or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Sam can die the same way where she like slips or like gets hit with an ac- a pickaxe and is stuck and we still get the dangling death. Rebecca, you would have to change because she gets eaten alive. But like... Someone could really suffer from the psychological effects of being... That could, you know you, what still, I mean? you can like, still have the Juno Beth kill. Yeah. 
Because that um, happens. That happens in Antarctic Journal, doesn't it? Someone yep. has kind of like a psychotic break a little bit, and yeah, the the lead, the captain. That's right. Okay, it's been over a year <laughs> since I've seen it. I, I yeah. Uh, and we watched a terrible rip of it, but yeah. We did, we did, but you know what? We got through shit, it. Yeah. We got through it. It was still a great movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, so you can still have all of those things, and you let what it gives you more time to explore instead of going into the action horror, which is his specialty. Dog Soldiers is the same way. I'm sure the lair will be very similar as well. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that he's just remaking the same movie. I'm saying that he's comfortable in a subgenre. Yeah, everyone's got kind of their own style that they come back to totally. anyway. Totally. I'm, so. I'm not commenting on whether or not that's good or bad. Yeah. Um, I can just say how I would have preferred it to go. Mm-hmm. And instead of having it be action-y, chase-y, hide-and-seek, mm-hmm. you have time to explore emotional depth and complexity. Yes. Which you get in The Thing, and you get in Antarctic Journal, which is why those films are superior to this. Not that this isn't a great film, but that's why I cite those as my two favorite Lost and Alone films, you know? Yes, and and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that people are going to be... It's going to be predictable. People are going to predict that I'm going to say this, but they're also probably going to get mad at me because I have nothing against this writer-director at all. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But I think that they would have been emotionally developed if a woman had written the script. Yeah, if it had been Kusama. Yeah. It, um, I think this is there's a better version of this movie, and it's Karen Kusama's version. Yeah, and I also think that it wouldn't. She's so good at exploring emotional depth. That's the best thing is. about the invitation. And like, if we had an all male cast here, if the, you know, if 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 it was reversed, mm-hmm. there would not be the uh, the the tension between Sarah and Juno. Pretend that they were written as men. Yes, would not be about. A cheating. Yeah, it wouldn't be about an affair. A, an affair. Yeah, yeah. it would there's not a, be about. There's an like affair. a five percent chance it would be. I have seen that happen, well, but it's not. It's not common. It doesn't happen in the thing. It doesn't happen in Antarctic Journal. No. It doesn't. You know what I mean? So I, it, it just it wouldn't exist, and it almost again. I don't. I don't really have anything against this uh, writer or director, but it just felt like kind of like a cheap grab. It yeah. Of like it, this is it, what women would male, fight about. Yeah, it's a know? certain type of male gaze. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's lacking. It's lacking the acknowledgement of the complexities that are actually in female relationships. Yeah, it can just like, yeah. There's a lot of things that like this could be fixed by. It's mm. great, but yeah. it's yeah. I have a lot of fun when I watch this. Yeah. I will watch it every October. It's great, but drowning death would be great in the cave. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been a lot of things. A lot yeah, of things sorry, done I just, here. Sorry, it popped in my head. Yeah. Now we would lose the awesome bloodshot. I do love the bloodshot. It's so good. Well, what if what if we kept that and then something? She like you it also think could be a hallucination. The bloodshot could be a hallucination. Or you think she's safe, but then like either something that we don't see grabs her. Mm. Or she slips on a rock and just falls right back in. Bitch be clumsy. Bitch be clumsy. People are already falling over everywhere, but maybe something grabs her that we don't see and then she doesn't come back up. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. Now, we're, now we're trying to rewrite We've this. We've just made a, our own movie. So yeah, we're just... We're, dibs. We're getting a little too... <laughs> it's verbal copyright. Ahead dibs. of ourselves. <laughs> dibs. Um, no, I mean, I would love to make a version of this movie. This is a really cool idea. And since I spent so much time in... Kentucky, which has the largest cave system in the world, and mm-hmm. I've explored a lot of those caves. I've got a personal uh, stake in it. Totally. Maybe I'll write that movie. Maybe. I'm I mean, bored, so maybe I'll write it. These types of movies, again, are very effective because you're playing on 
a natural human feeling of fear of the unknown mm-hmm. and then you can you can just go off from there you can do whatever yeah. the fuck you want and i think a lot of people feel claustrophobic there are a lot of people just who immediately they hear the premise of this film like i do not think i'm alone and just go oh no 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 but you know that that's going to scare you and if you're a horror freak you're going to be absolutely in yeah. right yeah and i just I, i'm just really down with the version of this that it spends time with the characters longer we just don't yeah. spend any time with them like yeah. sam and rebecca are completely forgettable to me you know what i know about them they're in this movie and they're probably hot that's it yeah it's just too dark to see yeah <laughs> yeah no that's um, true i know one of them smokes you know like yeah. that's it like uh, that, yeah. i remember those little details yeah and one of them's is... like darker one of them's like mediterranean uh yeah <laughs> yeah one of them's blonde i think but like that's it like i don't have anything about them other than i know how they die yeah and, and that that's is a shame the tough yeah that yeah. is the tough thing again about i i think that that's that's why antarctic journal and the thing are superior versions yeah. of this and it sucks that this um, is the, the all-woman guest <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like this is so 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 close to being one of my like in my top five yeah so so close it's a it's a high i will highly rate this movie like mm-hmm. it's it's one of my absolute favorites i would recommend it to just about anybody whether you're new to horror whether you are a horror veteran i guess you could say um i would recommend it to just about everybody. yeah it's super terrifying it works really well in a lot of ways i just yeah once again i just get annoyed with it yeah. because of the it, because it goes into action in this in the back half Yes. And that's just not the way I want it to go. And that's fine. I didn't make this movie, so fuck me. But right. yeah, I'm just, I'm like, Kusama would have been the right person for this project. I'm th- like, I just keep thinking about it. I'm like, she's exactly who I would want to direct this. No, that would be a or really Or some cool... up and coming filmmaker, but like. Yeah, that would be a really cool version to see. I agree. Because like, again, she's just so good at emotional depth and complexity. Like in um, the XX mm-hmm. or XX, not the XX. That's the band. XX, where she, which we talked about, but uh, her only living son. Mm-hmm. That's Kusama. Mm-hmm. And it fucking slaps. Yeah. Because she develops rich emotional complexity in 15 minutes. Yeah. I think less than. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I <laughs> 100% agree. We this... all know. Everybody knows this is a Kusama stand podcast. Definitely. Absolutely. Can't wait for the next project. I love her so much. Other than that, though, so I can get off of that for a second, there's a lot of really good technical achievements in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the creature design is good. I like the creature design. No, I have no qualms with that at and all. And I yeah. love that he, uh, Marshall was like, no, I want to see a society. I don't want it to just be a bunch of dudes against a bunch of women, right? Yeah. Because he knew they would be perceived default as male. Oh, okay. And he's like, no, I want to see a society. The of These are human-ish things that have evolved underground they've Kinda adapted like to their yeah human-ish things yeah <laughs> he's like i want them to look human because humans are scarier and not us as in me and topher us as in the stellar movie by <laughs> <laughs> i just realized i said that i was like yeah, yeah i just took it and i took it in on the on the nose and so i was like yeah totally i am also a human-ish thing <laughs> no i mean grew up underground <laughs> the fantastic movie that we covered fairly recently it's yeah. A couple, maybe a month or so ago. So I like that he said, okay, let's make a whole society. Let's see mothers and children. You mm-hmm. know, let's see, like, and it's not it's not distinct on who, like, what the society is, but you know that there is. It's a society. We, they live in a society. Right. 
Right, right. Which means they will inevitably get inevitably get a Joker movie, and I'm very sorry for them for that. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I like that they're Gollum, but bigger. You know. Mm-hmm. I also love that much like the witch, they did not use. They used very so the witch used no. Uh, out of period lighting. Yeah. This predominantly, there's a few lit scenes, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but lit. they predominantly use the light sources that they would have in the cave. So torches, mm-hmm. headlamps, um, phospho, phosphorus, yeah. <laughs> phosphorescence stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really love that. It's a really cool technical thing that they did. No, and I'm glad that they did that because, I mean, this movie would have looked very strange if they didn't yeah not using the darkness is stupid if you do that you know yeah because why would you set something in a cave if you're not going to use the darkness right what the you could set it somewhere else you Mm -hmm. know like literally anywhere else in the antarctic antarctic there's two of those movies that are very good they're set in the antarctic and they're very well lit very yeah there's a lot of light because (laughs) it's reflecting off the snow yeah so that is how light works i'm i've heard i'm very smart Smarter than you. How God! Many, how many I think you should leave references can I squeeze into one episode? Oh, God. Our listeners can make a drinking game out of it and we would be liable. I think that's technically manslaughter. I, that's what I'm saying. We would be liable. So, uh, But yeah, so I, I do love this movie. I do love uh, Neil Marshall for making an attempt. It, yeah. it is very successful. I think we harped a lot on the failures of it, but it is very successful. Like this movie scares the shit out of me, and I I know exactly what happens. And every time, it makes me feel tight in my chest. You know? Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent agree. I already expressed that from the from knowing the premise. Yikes! And then actually seeing it play out is. Double yikes! Double yeah, even triple, quadruple yikes! Like, wow, that's just, a lot of yikes. I mean, it's scary. It's very scary. <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely watch it. And that's all I really have to say for now. Awesome. Well, you guys know where to find us. Thank you so much for listening. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we've got a little website up called HorrorBabesPod.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like what you hear, please give us a little rating, review, tell your friends. We love... Tell me. Tell Yeah, because you don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Until next time. Bye, Bye, babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe.